Hello mercenaries, this is Carolyn and you are listening to Merc News. The fight against the clans picked up this week as units pushed back against the invading forces, Kirita has managed to put a scar across the smoke jaguar front, morale for Kirita has increased, and more soldiers and mercs have hopped on to join the fight. The FRR still faces enemies on every front but has managed to slow down the invasion this week, even Steiner has made advances against Clan Jade Falcon. Most of the Inner Sphere's success is credited to the unification of some units and the chaotic fighting that has broken out from within the clans. Wolf and Jade Falcon continue to invade Ghost Bear. Ghost Bear has been pushed back and forced to separate their territories. Clan Jade Falcon and Wolf also can't seem to get along as they two have gone to war against one another. As relations between the clans breaks down, strike forces are pouring in to take advantage. A few different alliances have begun to pop up across the sphere, one of which is the new Star League. It hopes to unite the forces of the inner sphere to defeat the clans, however this alliance begins with conflict, soldiers are uneasy fighting alongside the Free Worlds League who continues their war campaign, and many still do not trust House Davian to keep to their word to defend against the clans, House Merrick has begun to conquer the territories around the planet Terra in an effort to defend it from the clan invaders, it is argued that this is for the greater good. Some feel they are better suited to protect it than House Davian. After what we have seen, they may not be wrong, especially since every faction continues to invade their territory with success. However, DCMS refused to join the Alliance and Phoenix Legion has been ordered to attack and reclaim the territories lost to House Merrick. Merrick Star Alliance has also returned to the Inner Sphere and joined House Merrick. Many faction leaders are angry with the unit and have cast them out as traitors, however they have joined in the Merrick campaign. The unit has multiplied Merrick attack forces and invaded factions on every front. It is unclear whether their actions are deliberate orders from house leaders or if the unit is acting on their own accord. They still have honored the peace treaty between Liao and Merrick however, and Merrick seems to be benefiting from their presence. All eyes are now on Merrick to see what effect they have on the battlefield. Many units are ready to pull the trigger and attack the faction, while others hope they can be the catalyst to turn this fight around. Scientists have been working on upgrades to existing battle myths in the inner sphere to counter the clan technology. There isn't much hope that this will mean victory, but soldiers will take anything they can get at this point. Join us next week and keep up to date on all things in the inner sphere and Merc status. My name is Carolyn and this has been Merc News. News is a Beer Warriors production. Check them out at beerwarriors.net. This episode is brought to you by the Aces Mercenary Unit. From casual pug groups to full 12-man community warfare drops, Aces may have what you're looking for. For more information or just to say hi, visit aces-hq.com or drop in on their channel on the NGNG Outreach TeamSpeak 3 server today. If your unit would like to sponsor a podcast, contact me at bombadil at nogutsnogalaxy.net. No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. All right. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast 130. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. Today is February 11th, 2015, and I'm joined by Darren and today's co-host, Brennan Tyler. How are you doing, Darren? 
I am doing well. Kind of excited. We haven't done a Q&A podcast in quite a while, so you can explain that in a minute or two, but uh, looking forward to it. What about you, Brennan? What you been up to, man? Uh, I've been working, and uh, on my off time, I've been working. No no fun in the No fun allowed, that. ever. Is it is it snowy there, too? Uh, yeah, and we're expecting more snow. We had four snowstorms back-to-back, and then we had three days of rest, and I think we're getting another 20-some centimeters coming here soon again. Brandon's okay. life, snow and work, and snow and work. And maple syrup. Yeah, you can't forget about the maple syrup, dear. That's very important. Yeah, it's our number on, one dude. export. It's, it's a key ingredient to their diet. I mean, you should know this. Jeez. And what about you, Tyler? How have you been, man? Doing great. Taking it easy. I was going to say, yeah. How's how's first sieve dip treating you? It's been pretty good. I, I'm just, I don't know. I've been playing a lot of video games, hanging out with friends I haven't seen for a while, that I've been neglecting for a while. It's been good. <laughs> I hear you, man. So what are your plans right now? Are you just going to go, like... Six months, a year with just just letting it all go? Or are you going to jump in the job market? What are you doing? At least till the summer, I think. I'm just going to chill. Yeah, okay, okay. That's fair enough. Take a break. Is that, your, is that your first Civ Div hat that you've been uh, sporting the last couple you of like days? It? Yeah. yeah, Is, no, is I, Tyler so, going to get issued one? Uh, maybe we should. That woman needed to happen. No, like today I was streaming and someone was like, oh, wow. Didn't realize how redneck it was going to be in here. I'm like, so a freaking camo hat makes you redneck? Start like, the banjo how? music. What? Like, how does this? I don't even. Anyways, guys. It's, hopefully it's you pretty are American. Having... Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Um, so Sorry. anyways, guys, hopefully you are having a good day uh, out there. Thank you to our live audience who's joining us uh, directly. Um, speaking of which, what is the Q&A? We haven't done this in a while. So um, let me go ahead and break down. We are going to ask you guys if you have questions, maybe discussion topics, something you want to talk about in MWO that's pertinent, and uh, we're gonna you're gonna X up in chat. You can do it in on TS, or if you want to do it on uh, our uh, Twitch stream as well. This is being recorded on both, and um, well, you have to ask the question on TS three. So if you're on Twitch, you're not gonna be able to ask the question live. But anyways, then you're gonna unmute your mic. You're gonna say who you are if you're a part of a unit. And then ask away. And then we'll go back and forth. And then we'll move on to the next question and topic of discussion. We haven't done this in a long time. And I think it is, I think it's something that adds a little bit of uh, variety and sometimes, uh, I don't know, yeah. craziness to the podcast. It's overdue. So. Um, definitely, if you have questions in the Twitch audience, <clears throat> go ahead and post them there. And if we are, you know, if people aren't asking on here, we can maybe read one of those questions and answer it live. Um, when we do call on you, if you're on TeamSpeak and we call on you to answer a question, please uh, speak clearly. Don't have anything on in the background. Like, um, hopefully, you have this on in headphones. You're doing push to talk. We don't want to hear ourselves echoing. Um, state your name, state your unit if you're in one, and then clearly and concisely as you can. Uh, state your question and we'll get to it so phil you want to kick us off it looks like we're gonna say it. we already have an x up in chat so verger unmute ask away my friend hey sean hey bombadil long time no see um hey. just a quick question um is do you guys think that there's going to be another hero mech that's going to have ecm i know currently the locust is the only hero mech with ecm but do you think there's going to be another hero mech with ecm and uh, per- currently a part of the United Mechanized Assault Division, UMAD, which is a founded group by former ACES members. So there you go. UMAD, bro. Hey, actually, yep. uh, could you pronounce your name? Because we always trip it's all It's Verger. Come on. Verger. Verger, see? <laughs> 
No, it's, it's not as fun. Oh, okay, so right, ECM, Mac. Um, uh, will we ever see a hero with ECM? I wouldn't put it out of the question. Um, you know, I think the, the Locust was done pretty pretty smartly, considering it's the Locust. Um, but that being said, that ECM Locust, in my opinion, is the best now out of those because of that ECM. So it, it you have to be careful. I would say if that was any other weight class with any the other points, mechs. Yeah, well, just to be fair, like... Because of how strong it is, I think you just have to be really careful um, with the hard points it has. Because if, you, if you're if you setting a precedence for that, um, but also one thing to point out, um, we may inherently have heroes with ECM of different weight classes uh, once they do clan heroes. If we have exactly. a clan hero Hellbringer, it's going to be ECM. I mean, think about that for a second. Like, that's something... Yeah. How do you how do you guys feel about that? Well, first of all, to be specific, Phil and I don't know if there's one you know that's already lined up to be coming in the game. I mean, we don't even know what the next hero mech is specifically, the build or anything like that. We know that uh, the Wolverine needs a hero on the IS side, and then of course clans need all the heroes. But uh, yeah, I would say the same thing. I wouldn't say no to it happening, but it is a very fine line where you're balancing between. Uh, well, basically that whole pay to play thing or pay to win. I'm sorry. Um, you know, you give it uh, ECM, it makes it super capable and powerful. And the only reason I think it worked okay with the locust is because basically how weak the locust is. So yeah, I think it's a fine line, uh, but I wouldn't put it past, uh, you know, chances of happening. Well, and that's what I was saying is if they do a Hellbringer or any, any clan mech that has ECM, any hero version, because of how the Omnipod system and Omni system works, you're going to be able to have ECM on. So uh, that's actually a very good question, Verger. And Tyler, Brennan, how do you guys feel about that? Is that good or is that bad? I think it comes with a mixed bag of things. As far as Interstellar mechs getting uh, ECM, again, the only ones that I could ever see maybe is if they do passes again on mechs that have variants with ECM. Uh, such as if they do another like Raven Hero Mech or something like that. But as far as the clans go with uh, ECM, that sort of thing, I think that's something they have to consider. Maybe clan Hero Mechs, all the Omnipods are locked in uh, type of thing to actually make it unique. Um, that could be a way to counter that type of thing. But yeah, I don't, I'm not a big fan of giving ECM to things that don't have ECM as far as a Hero Mech goes because... We just know that the forms are going to explode, and though I might enjoy that, I don't think others will. Uh, I think the only one that could really get away with that was the Locust. I think that's probably why they did that. Tyler, what are, you, what are your feelings on that? Yeah, like Catcher said, that the the Locust was the mech chosen, kind of softened the blow of a hero mech getting ECM. But overall, I don't I don't want to see it anymore, if at all possible. It's it's bad for game balance to paywall. Uh, people, of course, will be willing to pay for it. It depends. If on a clan mech, it becomes even more of a risk uh, because, you know, I don't know, dire wolf with ECM, etc. That would be t- horrifying. So I would like to not see any more hero mechs with ECM. Here, let me let me propose something. This is because I totally agree with everything you guys say. I think, especially for clan mechs, because this is what we're talking about, is because the Omnipod, or even IS in the future with IS Omnimechs, you lock the ECM hardpoint, and I know this is going to sound controversial, to the CT or n- the combinations. Like, you're never going to be able to do any hero mech without basically 
what we're just talking about without some pay to win or something being, you know, spread out there. So yeah, that's, but even then you, not all mechs have CT open crit slots. So again, it, it's, that's really a tough thing. Um, I don't really. Good question. Slippery slope. Yes. Very good question. Verger. Okay. Next question we have up. And by the way, guys, if you are listening on Twitch, hop onto our team speak three server, um, scroll down, you'll see our studio. You'll see a bunch of people in here. There's a live audience room. Double click on that, and then we'll drag you in, and you can ask questions live. But uh, next question we have is uh, Draken. Draken, go down and mute. Ask away. Draken, please uh, state your name and your unit if you're one, and then your question. Okay, I am Draken of the Vanguard Mercenary Corporation, or VMC in game. Uh, my question is uh, relating to something you were talking about earlier. It's how do you think that um, Clan Mech heroes would be handled in this game? seeing as clans can swap back Omnipods between mechs. Well, I mean, I think it's, uh, to basically put it bluntly, is what is the whole point of uh, hero mechs, right? Really, it's unique hard points or, and or and with having the 30% C-build uh, boost, right? I mean, that's really what it is. Um, so again, what I think what needs to happen is a lot of this stuff has to be tied to this CT of the mech. Um, that way... If I'm in a Timberwolf C and I throw on a hero, let's just say Aiden Pride's Timberwolf right torso or whatever, I'm not getting magically 30% more. Um, I think it also, I think that just sort of speaks, we already have that as as is, right? Because that's how the uh, Prime are, Prime is for all of them, right? You get that C-Build boost on them already. So I, I would figure that's how the heroes would be just like, just insane. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, I don't see another option at the moment. Um, maybe something will come up. Uh, you know, I know that PGI is already starting to think about it and, um, you know, head in that direction and trying to figure it out like we are. Um, so I'll be interested to hear ideas. But I think that really tying it to the center torso is what makes most sense right now. Okay. it's a good question. Yeah, but I mean, we already sort of have that with the primes. Just imagine... It, well, if you got the invasion versions, it's pretty much a hero right now yep. um, for the Seabill bonus. Now, it doesn't have unique hard points, but the Seabill boost you get from it, it's attached to the CT. So, All right. Okay. So, thank, thank you for, you for your question. question. All right. So, Verger has another question. There's like 20 people in here, but he's the only one. Verger, what's up? Oh, just another quick question. Um I know there hasn't been a hero mech uh, that's come out, I think, since the clan mechs. And one of the possibilities for a decent hero mech would be the Thunderbolt chassis. What sort of configuration would you want to see being unique to the Thunderbolts? Because I think there's a clan member who was captured by an Intersphere unit and that he used a something like an 8 or 12 medium laser hardpoint Thunderbolt. Uh, you can look it up on Sarno real quick, but I just wonder what sort of Thunderbolt hero you would want. 8 missile hardpoints. Something different, huh? I would actually really love a, a Thunderbolt uh, hero. Um, yeah, what'd you say? 8 medium lasers? I don't. I mean... Eight missile hard points? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, if you're just going to be using lore, you have stuff like um, the Tallman, which is Lieutenant General uh, Mary Tallman during the Third Succession Wars. Uh, 
you have a few others, but they get into a little bit later date, like for instance, Snub Nose PPC, and then you've got one with like Stealth Armor and Guardian ECM and stuff. Um, you know, so the biggest thing with like Hero Mechs that I always like to see is canonized loadouts, but I'm not, it's not like I'm hating on new variants that are made up, but if there's a variants that are out there that are time, you know, um, specific, I don't, I don't see why not using those, but also you have the custom variants that usually, um, you know, they try to stick towards except for on a few cases, like where they had to make them up, like the Maramets and stuff. There was no custom variants for it. So as far as like what I'd like it to do, I don't know. I mean, you, you pretty much got the Thunderbolt is a energy chassis across the board. I, th- I feel like all of them do that very well as is. So, you know, if someone likes the Thunderbolt, maybe just getting that 30% bonus is enough to just roll around in it. But uh, yeah, I don't have anything specifically. Tyler, Brennan. The, the Thunderbolt's kind of tapped out, unfortunately. It it covers almost all the bases with its chassis already has. Maybe another jump jet variant. But the 65-ton range is already oversaturated. It has three mechs and, you know, catapults, laser missiles. Jager mech is ballistic and lasers. And Thunderbolt just does everything. So that's a rough one for Thunderbolt. Maybe one with more energy art part points, but we already have, the, we already have one with seven energy, so... Be rough, yeah. Probably, seven energy and a missile. Probably something with like a something with a side torso ballistic, like high mounted side torso ballistic. It would compete with the Jaeger mech a little bit, but it would be the only unique thing really you could do with the Thunderbolt. Yeah, I could Tur- see. Go ahead, Brennan. Turn it into a uh, sixty-five ton hunchback two C. Put put ballistics in each torso. Yeah, I'd like to see maybe one with some ballistic nipples on it or something like that, high mounted. Uh... That'd be something different. I mean, if there's something lower based uh, that would be fun and then just earn extra C bills, I'm all for that. I like lower first. Um, but if there's not something that would be fun and unique and effective or whatever, then uh, something different. You know, that wouldn't even be unique because we have the Catapult K2. I don't know. If it was higher yeah. mounted, still. It'd be higher than the Catapult, though, wouldn't it? it? Yeah, if they mounted it up where like the lasers are on the right torso or something, maybe. Well, to sort of mix uh, his question and the question we had before t- talking about heroes with ECM, I think, you know, it is something to note that I think it's okay to introduce new mechs with ECM. Um, I just feel that that is always one of those things where you have to select the correct variant for it, or if they're making a new variant up, they just have to be very conscious of what it's going to be bringing to the field and how it's going to be used. Now, I know... A lot of those questions like, well, how many how many people said the Shadowhawk was DOA, right? So the only reason I bring that up is, you know, something with ECM in the heavy category I think would be really great for the IS side. Uh, you know, there's the Anvil, I know, but that's not to like 3054, 3055. And there's a few here or there. But I do think, uh, you know, the Thunderbolt does what it does really well. And uh, obviously, you know, that... You've got two chassis, two variants that actually three, nine S, five SS, nine SE. They they all do pretty well. So, yep, definitely good question, uh, Drac. Zolan's got a question. Zolan, you want to unmute, state your name, unit, and your question. Uh, getting a little feedback, some static there going on. Try again. I think yeah. he's on a mobile connection. Yeah, I'll just we, 
we'll, yeah, we'll we move on, Zolan. If you get uh, if you get that sorted, we'll ask you again. Uh, anybody else with a question? We got uh, Demonoth with a question. Demonoth. Dominoth. Yeah, uh, Dominoth, and I'm the uh, founding member of the Beautiful Corpses. Um, my question is uh, related to ferrofibrous. Um, for example, the protector. Um, it really galled me that I bought the protector and then immediately had to remove the ferrofibrous because you know it's it's one of the canon parts of of that build. Um, any thoughts on how ferrofibrous might be made useful for anything that's over you know maybe forty tons? Mm, good question. I've yeah, I've been in that position as well. Well, first off, you just have to look at like what. I've always felt that ferrofibrous is in a weird place because based on the lore, right, in the novels, it was basically like up armor packages, right? It was improved armor. In the in the novels, you didn't have they didn't talk about crit space in the novels, right? You didn't have that shit. All you had was, hey, we need to get this to the the frontline units usually got it first, right? The upgrade packages as they became available. And it was just a thing that saved weight. It was lighter. Um, it was able to take the same amount of damage, but for less tonnage. So therefore you're able to put on more weapons or equipment, stuff like that. The unfortunate thing is because the translation into the game is, oh, well, it takes 14 crit slots. And on top of that, for the IS side, Indo actually gives you better weight savings. So the tough thing here is can PGI or would PGI consider uh, potentially, and this is where I've always felt that it should possibly do, um, I don't know, is maybe you actually get, when you switch to Pharaoh, it actually increases your potential armor hit points you can take, if that makes sense. Um, but the only problem, though, is right now, light mechs and a few mediums are the only ones who can really do Indo and Pharaoh because of the crit space um, issue. But would you rather, like me as a heavy or an assault, you can usually, and you usually have Indo Steel, if it was the same weight savings as Indo Steel, or it gave you actually physically more armor, uh, not armor per ton, I'm saying actually more armor. So like, for instance, if you had 400 max before when you equipped Indo or Pharaoh, it gave you 450 or, or 475 or whatever, then I think people would take that instead of the Indo. But unless that's broken up, um, I mean, Tyler, Brennan, do you guys, Darren, do you see any other way of making it? I guess appealing enough to take it over Indo. Can always make it so the armor uh, takes more damage, but the tonnage needed to put up armor. Um, so it doesn't take up any crit spots, but it's more tonnage to add armor to a mech or something like that. That could work. Because I mean, right now the reason you take it is Indo. You flip Indo because it saves you actually more tonnage. That's the reason people take it. Yeah, so it's not about the armor. Yeah, it's not about the armor on that. It's the fact of I'm in a 50-ton mech, and when I equip Indo, it gives me X amount of free tonnage compared to Pharaoh. So I think right there, it obviously offsets what Pharaoh can do. Even if even if Pharaoh didn't give you as much free space, but it gave you that added protection, would that be something, Tyler, that you guys, you know, even from the top side, would be interested in? Yeah, that's a really good idea. I'm surprised I haven't heard you say that before, that it would be something tempting at the heavy and assault ranges for mechs that just want to take more of a beating but are willing to skimp on the, the weapons a little bit to to take the Pharaoh instead of Endo and be slightly tankier. That's a really good idea. 
Well, I think that fits what we've kind of brought up over the last few months of establishing essentially a tanking role. And I think that would fit right into that. Yeah, my my biggest beef is that the real cost is the crit slots. You know, the C bills are cheaper, but that's that's not really game level. That's you know, that's exterior economy. Um and that's that's what I feel like isn't being translated well is you know, it's it's literally the same cost as endo. And you do not get the same benefit. Yeah, that was a great question. I think uh it, it definitely deserves some attention and some thought. Um we can we can do some checking and see if there's any uh, anything happening in the background as far as that goes? Thank you for your question, yeah. Uh, Phil. Yeah, do you have any more to say on that? No, I was just going to say. I mean, when it when it comes to that, that's always been the the toughest thing when it comes to to Pharaoh is you have to break it away from just being a a, a weight savings, right? And if it doesn't give you anything more than just that, then Pharaoh is just going to always be second to to Indo. And the only mechs that can really do that effectively are the lights. And that's mainly because they're not carrying as much weapons and equipment, stuff like that. So I think actually that's, I don't know why like it just popped in my head. It's like, so maybe that is something to actually push. And instead of on that Atlas, instead of taking Indo steel and getting however many tons of savings, maybe you take a little less, but you're getting the added, uh, you know, protection of the armor. I think that would be huge. And it actually gives a reason for Pharaoh Fibrous. So, uh, and yeah, role warfare, that tanking role. Pushing that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Please um, do. Zolan, uh, he was on mobile. He's asking this question though. He typed it in chat, which is basically, do we expect to see, uh, you know, fast forward on the timeline, moving forward to unlock future weapons and mechs. Uh, yeah, I do expect to see that. I expect we'll see it sometime soon. Don't know about weapons, but probably mechs, yeah? Oh, well, I'm trying to read his questions. Uh, where was it? Okay. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't expect thing... it to go to 3058 tomorrow. But it will, no, it will jump forward. But I, I think what you've seen from Russ is they, they don't want to jump too far too quick. I mean, look at balance right now um, between clans and IS. To be honest, there's still a lot of work to be done. I mean, even Quirks, you guys are about to see uh, path, or Phase 2 come out for the rest of the IS mechs. And then Phase 3 is going to adjust some of the even IS and even start to dive into the clans and IS um, just with Quirks. So I think balance right now, especially when you jump to like some people are like, oh, just jump to like 30, you know, 58 or 30, 60. You're literally introducing heavy, large, la- uh, heavy lasers, uh, snub no PPCs, ATMs, uh, IS, different UAC. I mean, you've got a bunch of there. And I just feel that there needs to be something set in place and nailed down. And we've even heard, I mean, Paul's talking about ghost heat. That's those are systems that I would I would assume would be easier to adjust if you're not thrown in like. 10, 15, 20 different new weapons, you know? Well, I don't think that the, the timeline is going to advance willy-nilly. Uh, in fact, what I think it's going to be, what's going to, the the main factor is going to be mech mechs that are available uh, that we can bring into the game. And so um, that's what I think is going to advance the timeline. We need some more mechs, so we'll move forward X amount of years. I don't think that it's going to go fast. I think it's going to, in fact, I think they're going to advance as slowly as possible. Um, but I do expect to see advancement soon and uh and then we'll just see after that 
I mean, we all well, have favorite Macs, and yeah, I'd love to see 3058 um, for, for a specific Mac and whatever. Uh, but also, you know, there's a lot of reasons not to jump ahead. Whoa, whoa, you're telling me that we're not going to jump right to 3145? What's wrong with you guys? See, what do you, what, what's your Mac? No, I'm you just, know, he's he's all about that bushwhacker. Well, you know? I'm all about that dare cage. No, um, no, I, I, I would actually, I think 3055 would be a reasonable jump if they do a jump. Uh, I mean, it's only, what, four years in difference? Three years? I don't know. And you get a good good amount of mechs with that gem, so. All right, so I think it's a good question. I think it's reasonable. I do know, and me and Darren have talked to Russ about that, um, specifically, you know, looking towards, you know, uh, talking about ideas for the next mechs and stuff like that. He doesn't want to jump too far too quickly and obviously that has to line up with design as well i mean paul and them have to make those decisions because they're going to have to introduce new weapons and uh possibly new mechanics too for the weapons so all right we got uh lined up corax uh h bizzle and uh looks like mike ritter so corax go for it name unit and question uh i'm not in unit i in game names also see corax um the question is a balancing related one uh, something that I've been talking a lot about with people in the NGN chat is that is there ever a possibility that a weapon could have altered uh, critical slots and tonnage uh, as far as the balancing goes, and especially the AC2 uh, on the disc? Because personally, I, I see the AC2 as a support weapon, and I think it would benefit highly from having a fitting of, say, 2-3 instead, instead of 1-6 because it's a very heavy weapon to put on. I mean, with ammo, it's a it's a four it's a four slot 9 ton weapon with 3 tons of ammo for a weapon that does 2 damage. So is there ever a chance that a weapon could be balanced by adjusting its fittings? Ooh, I I've got an answer for you. First off, I like the direction what you're talking about, but there's a few things. You you spoke about roles like it's a support you know weapon and stuff. This I is actually a support weapon. well, yeah, but no, th- this is actually something we were talking about last podcast, which I said, which is really tough because as players we designate mechs in certain roles, but it's actually not clearly defined in game. Weapons are actually not clearly defined in a. It, it's not like missiles are always support role. Like, it's not like you have to be at 700 or long range to use them, right? You can you can use them all the way up to the 800 meters. So I get what you're saying, but I just wanted to clarify, like, roles for weapons have never really... It's because of the dynamic of a mech and the equipment you have and weapons and you're on a map, the terrain and geometry, there's so many variables. But I will say about the AC2s is this. Um, I don't want to see tonnage change. Uh, me because what it does is it breaks things up i think what you can do is you can work around it though so hear me out um we've been talking about this a lot like what happens if uh i do think ac2s are close to actually being viable now the reason i say this is if ghost heat is turned off that does help them god's sake yes it does all right so it does help them but you will never be able to make the ac2 compete with the ac5 without causing huge issues DPS-wise. And the reason I bring this is, is an Agreed. AC2 by itself, if it had high DPS, isn't an issue. Two, okay, not an issue. Three, four, five, six, which can be boated now, is an issue. It's the same thing with like PPCs or any other weapon boated, right? But make the AC2 unique. Make it do 
crit seeking damage or crit internal damage so it basically it, it doubles up or it has like a multiplier for damage when it hits internal structure you've now just given the ac2 an actual role a i'm going to go hunt around mechs that are already in trouble and i'm going to chew right through them really quickly uh, or the fact of i can hit internal structure and that ac2 or has a bonus towards actually crit seeking weapons destroying you know throwing off flak and, and shrapnel now you're not competing DPS and cooldown, basically, of the AC5. You're not competing. Range isn't an issue, really, with AC2s. There's only a handful of maps that you can effectively engage at range. And as soon as they press on you, it range doesn't really matter. So it's got good range as is. It's just right now, everybody's so linear in thinking just, oh, well, it needs to have up DPS. I don't think it does. Because no. maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. Uh, granted, maybe just a little bit. But then it's you know it's it's what happens when they're boated um and some people are like well that's okay no then you get into the same issues of like uac fives on direwolves uac five by itself is meh but when you boat six of them or four of them you know so that's my opinion brandon tyler can can i make a reply yes um i i agree with most of what you said um at the moment, I think the ghost the ghosted limit is you can fire three, and if you go up to four, you, you get the the heat scaling. I think three is a fine number because few makes can mount more than three anyways. Uh, and about the role thing, it is true that a lot of it is defined because of how the game functions. But I saw it also as as kind of a an heavy upgrade to the machine gun. So one of the discussions we were having in the chat was that. If you make it so that it it actually has some similar bonuses to the machine gun, where it seeks out damage or critical hits, then you give it a role other than just damage. So I fully agree, but well, I disagree well, that it, I, I disagree that it, that it that it should that it should weigh less because with ammo it's a minimum of an eight ton weapon. Well, and that's where I say it. I I don't agree in lowering the weight of the weapon just because I do know uh, stock builds it throws everything out of whack, blah blah blah, or or just in general throws just their sort of cannon weights. But I am okay with doing quirk-based high-capacity ammo. Basically yes. saying is you apply it to certain chassis. Um, perfect example would be like the BJ-1, right? The BJ-1 or any light mech that has an AC-2 or 5 or something, the reality of it is is it can't take that weapon and be effective because the amount of tonnage it has to dump into ammo. Uh, another case in point, and I'll even argue for a clan mech here, actually a few of them, the Gargoyle. The gargoyle is another classic example where it just doesn't have the tonnage to also take the weapon. So you may be asking, well, what does that Great. mean, Phil? 25, 50% ammo increase maybe on a, a specific weapon or a generalized weapon. So you're getting more for your tonnage. Now, some of you are out there like, your mind's about to explode. Like, that's not canon. Well, look, some of it doesn't transfer. Like an, a, a, an LB2X on a ice ferret is shit. It, on on the A variant, it, you were literally, it, it, it works well on the tabletop. Okay, cool. That works. But in game, it just doesn't have the tonnage to effectiveness ratio um, out there. And I think a high capacity ammo would solve what you're talking about. But I do think AC2s are close. I, I feel like they're a little bit more dps not to where they were before i will agree and that's where i also like the quirk system to where the bj1 can finally you know finally be just like the hunchback 4g is one of the best ac2 backs you throw in the crit seeking ability you throw in the internal damage uh multiplier 
you just created an, a weapon that has a purpose that it's not trying to compete against the AC five for damage or volley. It's doing something unique. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't really have anything to add to that. Tyler, Brandon, either you. Uh, well, that's a lot of good thoughts, Phil, but I, me personally, I'd be fine with it's going back to competing with the AC five, having a higher rate of fire because before the ghosty was implemented, uh, it, it did compete very well, and before its rate of fire was reduced, three AC2s, and some people even just took the ghost heat at four, was doing great. And you there was a good trade-off between the AC5 that was still used on certain mechs for certain reasons, UAC5, and AC2. So I, I, I was sad. <laughs> I think a lot of people were sad when the rate of fire was drastically lowered. And the, the damage that was being put out by three or four AC2s is nothing compared to what the UAC5s on a direwolf is doing. So I think that all needs to be unnerfed, and the AC2 can come back into its own. It it has a unique position. It's high rate of fire, and you still get a lot of DPS out of it. Oh I, yeah, I, I can can agree with that. Like if if you increase the DPS of it to where it was before, yeah, it'd be be totally viable. Even if you boated them, it's fine. I didn't think it was an issue back then. None of us did. Me neither. None of us understood why it got nerfed, except when Paul posted and he, he said he generalized. So on paper, it looked. I'm sure it looks fine, but I guess what I'm saying is just a little bit of an uptick of DPS, and then those two other factors, you won't need that huge rate of fire, if that makes sense. You know, so I guess they can go both ways. They could even do a combo, but the AC2 right now is very underwhelming. It's better without Ghost Heat. And by the way, uh, to go back uh, to the gentleman that was asking that, is you can't have Ghost Heat on three, because... A BJ-1 with two AC-2s was activating it. You were firing quick enough, just a chain firing them back and forth. You were firing quick enough that it was activating Ghost Heat, even though it was set to three. So it was actually, it was still broke. And that's why I'm glad it was just, it's gone. Like from AC-2s never needed Ghost Heat um, because exactly what you were talking about, the tonnage you invest in, right? For what you're getting out, eh, you know, so... Yeah, there's no mech that could mount enough of them besides, like, the Jaeger mech. And if you did that, you're limiting yourself on ammo or taking an XL engine. So, yeah. Good without Ghost Heat. Corax, thank you for the question. Uh, much appreciated. Next question up is HBizzle. Name, unit, and question. HBizzle, you there? Is he still... Did he leave? Oh, he's he... got his speakers muted. <laughs> yeah, All right, let's that's poke fine. Him. Uh, poke him. I'll move on to the next one. In the meantime, uh, next up probably is here on stream. Uh, Domin Dominoth, you have another question. I was just showing somebody how to. Oh, right, right. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Um, Grim Peeper, <laughs> Grim Peeper. Go ahead. What what did you just call me? You're a peeper. Grim, we you're keying out, but we can't hear you, so make sure your mic isn't muted if you have a toggle or something like that. Still can't hear you. Make sure to go to settings, options, go to your capture. And make sure capture device is your USB headset or whatever you have, and then hit OK and apply. 
Okay, so just go ahead and read read my question. Yeah, I'm gonna. So I'll do that. Uh, he has two questions. Um, first one is now now that Twelve Mans have uh, community warfare basically dedicated to them. Uh, in other words, a dedicated twelve man option. How do you feel about limiting group size in the group queue to say six at most? Well, I'm sure Phil and I can give our opinions on that, Phil. I think we just talked about this. Um, We've talked about someone it. Someone was someone was asking me this recently. I think it was might have been H Bizzle or someone in chat, and they they asked me if if what would you do. And because I play group a lot, and I also play solo, here's my issue with group queue. Now, we have to we have to dissect it. And Tyler, me and you have talked about this a lot, right? I mean, when they made the decision to do groups larger than four, there were people that came back to the game because they enjoy playing with more than just four of their friends. And that's where I'm torn on this decision. Because for a balance factor, there is no way to balance a 12-man group in the queue except for an equally skilled 12-man in the queue. So right now, and I've used this example, I'll use SJR, I'll use Aces, any team that's that's good out there, you may run into another 12-man or 10-man or something that's that's competent enough to, to give you a run for your money, but all those other matches is just nothing but raffle stumps. And I made the point of saying, if it was me and I had the decision to, I would say I would remove the four plus man groups from the group queue. I would do max four man groups and I would implement four by one on them because balance trumps players wants and needs. And it sucks because, again, I just said a lot of people enjoy playing with their friends. But does that trump balance? There's no way to do it. There's no way to do it. It is Pandora's box. Because even if you implemented like what Russ was proposing beforehand, which is, well, we're going to implement a four-by-one setup and it's it's light heavy, which means you take a five-man group, there's two lights, one medium. It still does the fact that there's a 12-man with four-by-three and they're decked out with whatever they want, already predetermined on comms, organized. It You cannot do it. And I just... I don't agree with it. I haven't agreed with it. I wish it would go back. And then on top of this, Tyler, one of the things I talked to you about and you guys have said is we warned PGI about doing this. And, you know, so can you blame people for taking bigger groups and nothing but raffle stomping for hours and hours and hours? I mean, how do you guys feel about this? I mean, I, I already I already know how I feel. Um, well, I feel like we've answered this a million times. Uh and and that's no fault of yours for asking the question. It's something a lot of people wonder. Um, it, hey, if I had my way, I'd limit it to three man. Um, but because lore based uh, lances, I'd do four man for this game in particular. But the problem is, it's just not going to happen. The Pandora's box opened, can't close it, uh, which pretty much is the well, end no, of the discussion. I, I don't but... agree with. I don't, no, I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't think anything done in a game is basically just closed and shut. I well, think other than Russ has said that it is so. Well, I'm just saying, if the community makes a big of an issue... It, that, but the, that's but the problem is, now. what happens? What happens when this is brought up? Everybody says STFU, because we like playing with our seven friends, or we like playing with our ten friends. There's but, I mean, so he's much... A, he's, he's already said um, on there, something has to give. He did say that something has to give. You're getting the choice of how many people you want to play with. You're getting the choice of how many mechs and what mechs to bring. And again, it goes back to, oh, 
it was Rhythm. We were playing with Rhythm from EMP, and uh, it was like two days ago. And I basically said is if if EMP or any of these uh, teams out there are rolling around, the only thing that can compete against them is an equally skilled and decked out team. And just because you're you may be equally skilled, I may drop against uh, SGR, and I have the same amount of uh, pre made. But maybe we're just joking around and having fun, and they're decked out for serious mode. And again, there's no way to do it. So I don't know. And again, this is where I'm torn. And Darren, you're right as far as on one hand, I don't agree that it can't be changed. I feel like that that's something that should still be open to discussion. So you're saying and... I still got a chance? What <laughs> chance? I mean, yeah. but I've said this enough. Tyler, from from your perspective, you do Meat Shield Mondays and you when you do that you play with a wide variety of skill and sometimes you, you're dragging well you do drag people up and you, you see what happens i mean how do you guys feel i mean it's a personal issue though right i mean what we're talking about is do you enjoy having the larger groups but then is that overriding the balance factor and are you okay with that well i do enjoy the larger groups mutual monday is where i play most of my my 12s groups and it's a lot of fun to get everyone out there but uh, when I roll with Steel Jaguar, we very rarely drop in 12-man queue just because, like you said, it is a Ravel Stomp. And at this point, it's not much fun anymore just rolling over uh, helpless, well, not helpless, but people in the queue that aren't as coordinated or skilled. Uh, but dropping in a smaller group, which I do in the group queue quite often, just in the opens, I actually have a lot of fun playing against 12-man. So this is where I'll kind of depart from people that really dislike 12-man. It's, it's a good challenge. And usually can overcome it in a, even in a small group if your group is skilled enough it's i i enjoy fighting against the odds so i don't know i have a good time that's me personally and it's not going to go for everybody but i i'm okay with the 12s now can i can i also interject and say normally though when you're grouped up you're playing with equally skilled players on your oh, team oh that's correct i'm also playing right? with so, very high elo players on my team. yes so and then that's what i'm saying is the perspective of you know, dropping and I'll pull people in throughout the week and streams. And uh, some of them are better. Some of them are, you know, newer to the game. And so, I mean, it's just one of those things where if is balance, I guess my question is, is balance, does balance, is balance the most important thing in the game? Right. Well, there's like you there's guys balance always... and then there's player happiness yeah, or but whatever. Everyone's about clans and is and uh, thunderbolt this and timberwolf that and stormcrow this what they're screaming about is balance i and again i think this has been sort of a, a topic of discussion that really is a big issue in the group queue you cannot there no other free-to-play title that we know of uh, does that does this i mean to be able to basically and I'll also point out this. Russ and Paul did acknowledge the fact of having multiple pre-mades, and this was previous to this being implemented, affected the group queue. And remember, they did say they were going to remove the group queue, uh, having multiple pre-mades on per team and go down to one. So ergo, you know that they, the, the sway, the control a large group has over a match. And this is my issue with all of it come around and we'll go ahead and move on is I have no issue with playing good teams and bigger teams. Yeah, uh, Tyler, you're totally right. It is a fun challenge. Uh, sometimes, sometimes it's a raffle stomp, but therein lies the problem. I have no problem with large groups. I have a problem with matchmaker throwing me into a match that statistically there is no way for me to win. That 
is the issue at heart. So with all this round being said, I agree that the larger groups has probably brought more people back into the game. And it is fun. It is challenging, right? But matchmaker should not be throwing me into a match where I have a 5% chance of winning. That, that being said, I, I think that's an inherent problem for every single game of its sort. This, anything where you're thrown into a match like this um, with large teams, 10 plus, whatever, whether you're talking World of Tanks, War Thunder, everything like that, you'll just get those matches that you get in and there's nothing you could have done it, you were going to lose. And I don't think that's unique to this, even though this is unique with larger groups. Well, right. That's that's how the matchmaker in MechWar Online works anyways, is it does put you in those games where it, it's betting that you're going to lose. And if you throw an upset, that's how your ELO goes up. So it, it constantly is throwing everything it's got at you, trying to make you win or lose. So, But we do need to but ma- move on. But but Matchmaker does know, hey, you only have a 5% chance. And that's what I'm saying. It's it like, I'm okay and if with... you win, your ELO will go up a lot. <laughs> right? Yeah. Good luck with that one. Do I get like a special thing that and pops if you lose, up? Like, rank up. Yeah, right? I don't know. Just... All well, right, Matchmaker question. doesn't, just to point out, though, Matchmaker doesn't set out and go, okay, I'm going to give this guy a 5%. It's always trying to figure out the no, best yeah. match possible. And if it can't get that, then whatever happens. But th- but there is always those weird anomalies where we'll have a four-man group. EMP, SGR will be dropping. It puts us all on the same team. Well, and... I don't understand that, yeah. Yeah, like, I, there are issues, again, out there that... I don't know, man. It's it's yeah. always tough, and it doesn't happen all the time. So, you know, it's just one of those things where I have no problem with the bigger groups. I do think, though, that it opened Pandora's box. I don't think you were ever able to balance it, you know, especially as you move up in skill level and group sizes get bigger and consistently. The only thing that can beat them is an equally organized and skilled group. So, Mr. Peeper, thank you for the question. Obviously, we like to talk about that issue. Uh, Drakon, you got another question? Yes, I do. You were talking earlier about AC2s being a um, under underwhelming weapon. I think we should probably touch on the um, biggest offender in that category, the flamer. <laughs> like, this is a weapon that nobody's given any thought to. Everyone just views it as dead weight, and it doesn't really have a role. It's it's the trick when you're when we're doing the well, trick or treat event. The reason the reason I don't think it's been really brought up is the fact that last time Paul actually said it's crap. He said that on stream and he said, it's crap. He said, we have to go back and we need to fix it. I mean, so until that happens, uh, I think I don't... we could talk like, did it, hold on. Did anybody have an issue with it actually shutting down mechs completely? I didn't. I thought it was ridiculous that you can't shut down mechs. Like what's the even point is to bring them to 90% and hold them there. So they can't fire, I guess. But then oh, back did when any of you have anybody seven. troll? Uh, I think the main problem was, was back when single heat sinks were around, and that was a that was a problem. It took forever. If somebody alpha struck really hard and they put themselves well over one hundred percent, and then had a flamer on him, it would take a long time to cool down. So, or or you know, people would walk into the middle of Caustic Valley and literally not be able to start back up because it's generating more heat than you could cool. So sure, I I saw it troll some people a little bit, but no, now there's double heat sinks and almost everyone has it. It's fine. I don't see anything wrong with troll weapons either. I mean, th- let's put it in perspective. If you're mounting flamers and you're just standing there shutting someone down and keeping them in a stun lock, uh, you're also taking yourself out of the fight as well. You have to remember that. And not only that, chances are is they have other teammates which will probably just blow you the fuck up anyways. So I have no problem with a stun lock. It's just situational awareness and using it to the best of its ability. 
Well, couldn't you say the same thing about uh, lasers or laser? I mean, it's all the same. I mean, like, I've out of my entire time playing, I never had anybody troll me with flamers ever, even back then. Like, and you're right. I mean, as soon as you shut down, they either have to keep the flamers on the said target. Uh, and so what if it's a bunch of, I don't, I don't know. I just. Uh, I mean, so on top you... of that, the flamer, you have to get super close with it as well. And that's what I'm saying. You, you pretty much have to go off, like jump into the enemy's line. Cause I mean, it's, it's always been a murder ball. MechWare has always been a murder ball. Um, and so you'd have to jump into the enemy's line um, and keep focusing one target while the, the other members all have free reign on you. So The answer for me is easy, although it may not and probably won't be as quick as people that really want the flamer would like it to be. But I think the flamer will become viable once AI is introduced to the, to the game. I think that's going to yes. be it. If, if, it can be, if it can be fixed before then or, or balanced or whatever, fine. But I think that will be really where it will shine. Yep, AI infantry would be nice. Well, you know, like I said, I, I've never been trolled. I never did understand that argument like, oh, well, people were... Yeah, sure, I, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things where if AI infantry, or even against mechs, um, why would you... We have an entire chassis that's developed around them, and yet the, the weapon is meh. I mean, why would you take any flamers on a fire starter when you can take, uh, you know, lasers and do damage? And I don't know. So, I, is there even a role really for flamers, uh, even in the, the combat now? Is it is there a role for a mech to carry that much tonnage into a weapon system to shut down people? I think there is. If it shut them down, I think heck yeah, it is. But if I'm a fire starter, I run up behind someone all sneak ninja style and I start flaming them, their heat shoots up to 90. They still turn around. Now I'm spotted. There's, it just, it takes it away. Now, if you shut them down, yeah, that's different. Maybe if you can shut them down, but you can't overheat someone, like they have to physically do it. I don't know. It's slowly cooks them alive. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I think it's for, Lighten the little infantry on fire. Anyway, thanks for the uh, question, Drac. Uh, we'll move on Problem. to... Uh, let's see. Looks like Opie74, a.k.a. Lopez. You're up. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the question. And that is, uh, you kind of hit on it just in the last little discussion, is the evolution of the game. Uh, where do you see it going past AI? I was thinking about, you know battles uh like significant battles in lore like if you if they push all the way if clan jade falcon pushes all the way into steiner space you have the battle of uh twycross uh stuff like that what what are your guys's ideas outside of ai to keep moving the game forward i'm thinking you know special events where units sign up and then move forward well we have one that's could happen right now i think paul was just uh tweeting about it today the battle of tukia i mean that could be i i well, I'll say behind the scenes, I've been pushing for there to be a Battle of Tukia event. So um, I would absolutely love, 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 love to see lore-based events happening. Um, I think it could be really creative uh, going into the future because the amount of uh, time they, they have to dedicate to uh, developing stuff like this. So I would love to see that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, not to mention just from the, the battle tech standpoint. And this is where, you know, again, I don't, to me, a, a true whole picture of some of these events is and would have to include AI 
So, I mean, that's that's one thing the community could definitely do is, you know, let Russ know, you know, next time we do a town hall or whatever, make sure to ask questions and to really sort of like how the Urban Mech was just done, but, you know, sort of push Russ saying, hey, like, we really want these events. We really want AI. And, you know, we made references to to infantry tanks, APCs and stuff. Now, I know that sounds grandeur. It sounds huge and uh, the scope would be big, but for these types of events, especially the battle tech feel, um, it's not just about the mechs. And I feel like that's one thing, even MechWarrior 4 with all of its other stuff, it really did fall short. And we've never really captured that battle tech sense of you're in the novels sort of, you know, and uh, you are literally a machine of death walking around and infantry really don't want to screw with you. Or maybe the infantry come around and they have infernos and stuff like that. But Big events like that usually involve multi-combat arms. So I think that would be really cool. I'd like to see, you know, dev uh, participation in events as well. There's so much they could do with events. I'd like to see events. I'd like to see AI. Um, I'd like to see single-player campaign stuff. Uh, this has all been brought up, by the way. I'd like to see co-op. Um, Solaris, of course. There's so many things where this could still go and so much growth that still could happen. Brandon or Tyler, you have anything to add? Oh, I would definitely be down for events like that. Um, it's just a matter of how they do them and that sort of thing. Uh, I think it would be really interesting if they hold an event like that over the period of a week, like a whole week. And then, depending on the outcome, have some sort of lore-ish type or some game type thing. Like, So, for example, if Intersphere wins the battle... Um, maybe open up like two or some planets like that or something to do. Something that actually has impact on the map is what I want to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, what Catcher just said, uh, that's what PGI was planning on doing. And I was kind of disappointed that took it came and went and nothing, no event. So maybe we'll get something out of the beta. Well, let's also throw out there that, you know, the whole clan invasion was a big, big flop and and we heard the reasons for that from russ i mean um so it was very disheartening from a battletech standpoint where you know pictures are released of a shadow of a timberwolf and a flyover video that's 15 seconds of river city um unfortunately that's how it went down and you know we just have to make sure the future is a lot better right so here here thank you for the question lopez buenos muchachos Adios. All right. Next question is, I like this name, Mike Ritter Poopenshire. Ask away. Hi, guys. I'm the CEO for the Night Wardens Mech Warrior Group. Uh, Kind of a similar question to what we were just discussing, but with the push from units and organizations who are creating world world agreements and world packs, do you see PGI finding a way to work this into the future of CW, i.e. some of the non-aggression packs that we've had, some of the coalitions that Liao and Merrick are building or something similar to what Steiner and Free Rosselage have built. Do you see that being built into the game eventually? Well, right off the bat, I'd love to see um, Alliance like chat, like uh, EVE Online used to do. You'd, you'd, you'd build an alliance. You could invite people to a private chat or whatever. Um, communication is key to this stuff. Everybody's hopping around on different TSs trying to find people and open you know, doors of communication. Um, I think that would be great, uh, introducing that to the UI. Now, of course, that probably won't come till uh, the next UI update well, post that. You know, I think something to talk about in this question is, obviously, community warfare is PGI is letting the community determine the outcome of the map. 
right? Which I think is great. I Yes, the lore in me just says, but it's not realistic. It's not realistic to say, oh, well, this happens or this happens or this planet can't be owned by this. No. So going down this route, what I think what's interesting is like there's talks about a Star League forming, right? That units are making packs of that. non-aggression. Maybe it already right? happened. Well, yeah. I know, but I guess my point being is like the non-aggression packs or you'll have people that agree to not attack and faint and all of a sudden, boom, they're getting attacked and you have uh, clans fighting clans, IS fighting IS. Um, so to me, I think it just speaks volumes of how you can take a sandbox system like that and let the players go and just keep adding tools. I think ultimately that you do let the players continue doing what they're doing, but they need tools to be able to to make things speed up, um, which is, you know, stuff like API tools. I can't stress how important those are. We've only seen a handful. We need more. Like those are things that the community, I'm not concerned about it. Like to me personally, maps, max, blah, blah, blah. How about those type of things I think would, you know, be pretty important. That's just me. It is just you. Now, Brandon, Tyler. Ways to incorporate uh, alliances. I would, I would love uh, an alliance tab or something like that and having an uh, alliance chat and everything like that. I know personally with Aces, we have um, a pretty big alliance right now uh, operating in the, the Combine. So it's it would be make things really easier um, to see, maybe even show what planets they're on specifically in a different color or something like that and where they're dropping so you can coordinate uh, so we're not... Always having to ju- jump between like four TeamSpeak servers, um, just something in game to accompany or help with that. Let me let me toss this out here. Voip, we're getting it on the seventeenth. Now all they have to do is implement some type of lobby system um, that's better than like you know what I'm saying. Like uh, introduce, look at like what MW Lobby was trying to do, or sort of the zone. Implement something like that in game uh, somewhere where. People can meet up now. You don't have to hop between TS3s because guess what? It has built-in VoIP using the TS3 SDK or whatever. Hell yeah. Like, just, yeah, it's... You know, Phil and I are huge uh, proponents of the of, of playing MWO with friends and groups. Um, we were just discussing basically events with, uh, with Matt Newman, and we were talking about... Of course, there's tons of solo players that play MWO. It's a huge part of the population. But what we feel where it really shines is in groups and with friends and units and so forth. And so everything that um, furthers that agenda or that goal, I think we're totally into. So anything that allows alliance. I mean, this is all I love this stuff, the politics and the alliances Um, more, more, more. And uh, yeah, I think I mean, that's the difference for me. When you find a game like this, when you find a group, you find friends, you find people to play with, that's the difference between playing it for a year or something like that and playing it for five years. Um, so hopefully... There, there are a few concerns, though, and I will point this out because I've seen it in EVE and I've seen it in World of Tanks. EVE Online, you basically, they created an alliance system that even to today, you have so many friendly units, it makes it almost impossible for... Can't find somebody to fight. Can't, or, or just for the fact of look at how it's implemented MWO, you may have units that have very valuable planets that can almost never be taken because they have buffer after yeah. buffer in front of them. And even if they don't have an alliance system in the game, 
leave it up to the people and they have an alliance outside of the game and never have to worry about it. So I would say, uh, Poop and Chad, that's actually a, a very valid and good topic to discuss because there may be implications once resources come to planets. And Tyler, you know, we've talked about this is a lot of the comp teams, you guys are like, uh, we're having fun. But as soon as resources are available, oh, it's on. It's it's a whole nother game. Real money, man. Ooh. Yeah. Getting paid to play. All right, uh, Mr. Poopenshire, thank you for the question. Who's up next? Who we got? Um, I believe, Zon, I see that you're asking, but I want to try and get uh, a person or two that we haven't. Uh... Wing. Wing Zero. You're up. What's up, folks? Hi. I'd just like to know okay. about any changes that could be done with the hit indicator when we shoot a mech. Like, let's say, for example, about having a little sound bite. We've been having some players been having some issues trying to get confirmed that they were actually hitting a target or so. So is there any chance in the future that we'll be having that in the future? I'm going to take a step further. I want a new UI in-game. I think... It was great for what it was, and it's great for what it is. But I think stylistic, it, it's been pretty much the same for the most part. They added a few things. So I'm going to take a step further, Wing. I would love to see new UI in-game. One, that doesn't use Flash. Get rid of freaking scale form. That, that It is shit. It is horrible for performance. Now, I, do, I understand, though, it would, and it is going to take resources to implement something new. So I'm not ignorant towards that. Yeah, he but is speaking about new. the HUD. Yeah, I'm I'm speaking about the He's HUD. He's not talking about UI. Um, it's in UI, the HUD. HUD is user interface as well. I mean, let's just right, right, right. When you When you say UI, that means HUD. That means mech Everything. Lag. But in-game HUD UI, I think, would be awesome if we had uh, a change. And we also look at uh, all those screens that are in your mech that have never been utilized. I mean... It literally, I think that's something the design team could definitely step up to and be like, hey, we want this cockpit to feel more like a cockpit instead of it just this two-dimensional screen that's in front UI. Um, and the reason I bring that up is notifications wing of to the player. I mean, imagine some of you guys are new to the game. How frustrating it is not knowing or maybe there's not enough visual or auditory cues. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of things that I feel like can can be improved upon I, I just feel like the ui was designed very early on and it really hasn't adapted and i think they have new ui artists so i think that would be really cool but my first issue with it would scale form needs to go away because it's such a it's the performance is atrocious from it i mean look at youtube youtube just dropped flash they have html5 because flash is shit so well hopefully we'll see it worked in um well, I was hoping today was going to be a short show for editing purposes, but obviously we've already gone an hour. Um, we'll do two more questions, and then we're going to call it. And obviously, uh, we'll probably do another one of these again. Maybe well, I want to stay up, Bob Bear. I know, I know. I don't want to do it. Uh, next question is from Nikolai, and he's uh, he's on mobile, so he's typing in, sending it in uh, via Comstar. Do you guys think the solo population will convert to group population with VoIP in game? Uh, my answer is that it's definitely going to help. Um, you know, it's not a matter of converting everybody plays both or whatever, but I think that that's going to open the doors to a lot of solo players to realizing how effective and fun communication can be. Uh, emphasis on can 
uh, mute definitely needs to be in there. But uh, yeah, I think it'll help for sure. I think it's going to go the reverse, actually, because I like playing solo, but not having those tools available, not having the communication aspect. Um, that's, again, where I think command wheel really needs to come in. Um, Envoy is I know a lot of group players that want to play solo and they do, but then they can't uh, for a while because they just get road, you know, freaking solo rage because, you know, lack of communication kills in the solo queue. So I, I do think you're going to have both. I think you're going to have people if there's an improved communications. And a lot of the times, too, is, uh, you know, when I'm dropping and even if I'm streaming, I may know other people solo on my team to be able to just quickly chat with them using the, the built in VoIP. I'm really down for now. Yes, I think you are going to have people that are abusing it. Those those people will be taken care of. But I think in general, um, this audience that MWO is 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 very mature. I'm, I'm talking about from the age group. So um, I think it'll I think it'll be a good uh, implementation, and I'm looking forward to it. But uh, I don't think it's one or the other, like Darren said. I mean. Hey, cross-pollination is good. Um, more group players playing solo, more solo players playing group, all good. Uh, last question, Zolan is asking um, Ghost Heat. What the future of Ghost Heat, what are you guys' thoughts? Tyler, I'll let you go. First. Yeah, I've heard Tyler talk about this before. Tyler, why don't you lead us? Okay, uh, well... It'd be nice to have chassis specific ghost heat uh, limits raised. Uh, awesome, <clears throat> uh, amongst other things. So I would love to see some some ghost heat limits raised. Probably like like the large laser, for instance, could maybe use three at once, maybe four. We're all tired of it. Well, I have a question. So you say chassis, maybe variant specific. There seems to be a divide in the Mech Warrior player base, and that is some people want stock builds, right? Some people like the custom builds. But then I think at heart, what a lot of people on one side want is that it's not just boating of weapons, right? And that the other side, you know, is like, I don't care whatever is the most effective. Um, as far as Ghost Heat is concerned, did it really stop anybody from taking. I mean, what was the issue? Why was it implemented? Do you guys remember? It was PPC stalkers at the time. Yeah, right. It was, six, it was seven. Four, of them. It was four PPC. St- well, you could do six as well, but yeah, it was mostly four PPC stalkers and three PPC Gauss Highlanders. That was the whole reason. But I mean, you you can't you could still do that right now. But if you fire all six, you'll just explode. So really, I felt like the weapon system in itself needed adjustment, and instead we got an entire system that and i've said this from the start i i i I don't know what would be better but i know it's not the perfect solution and if it was on a chassis or variant specific uh, or weapon specific for instance you may have a negative uh cooldown on boating ac2s i don't know I, i don't know how they would implement that or boating i don't know whatever it is but does it stop uh, large, heavy-mounted weapons? I, I think it does to some extent. I mean... I think for the most part it works. Uh, you can find exceptions to everything. You know, there are six large laser stalkers, as Wing pointed out. But, you know, because Ghost Heat, you can't 
just well, I mean, fire willingly. You, know. you take a stalker with six large lasers it, in a good pilot's hand. He knows when to alpha, yeah. when to chain fire one, when to you know group fire two. Is that an issue? I don't think it is an issue. I mean, it takes skills to do that. I um, agree that it comes down to quirks. Um, I think that can work around the ghost heat. I, I think ghost heat's working. Don't fix what's not broken, kind of, at, the, at least now. I think you'd have to expand into, like, negative attributes of heat. I think, uh, like, movement attributes. I think you'd have to... You know, what it's been suggested doing like a power bar, like a your energy drain on your, your fusion. That's even talked about in the novels, by the way, how your mech becomes lethargic and, you know, stuff like that. So we've talked a lot about, yeah, a more expansive well, one, heat what is, system. What does Paul, yeah, what does Paul think about it? And obviously with the AC2s being turned off for ghost heat, it is possible to turn it off. And I think it's even possible to turn it off on a per variant level. Uh, or change the weapons. Like, for instance, the BJ-1, I think you could actually have upped it to four or five or six AC-2s. Technically, it can't carry that many, but I think you can technically turn it off. So, you know, is is that an issue? I think it's just on both sides of the fence. You have some people that want weapon diversity, and is that, I think, I don't know. I mean, we always, what are the most effective builds? It's usually what? one or two weapon systems and then boated one or the other, right? And laser vomit. That's why it works so yep. well. Hunchback 4P. I, for Up until other mechs came in, that's why it was so deadly at the time because you only have to worry about one range bracket and you don't have to worry, worry about anything else. Centurion 9AL, stock, AC-10, mediums, and an LRM-10. LRM Three weapon systems usually can't cut it, right? And it's better to drop all those weapons, take two medium pulse and SRM4s. So it's definitely a good question out there. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, sort of seeing what Paul thinks about the entire thing. Because when that was introduced, it, it was a while ago. And Well, and on that issue, well, first of all, Russ has been open to discussion about taking out Ghosty. He just wants to know what a better solution is. And I'm sure they're looking at that internally and we'll also listen to the community uh but also i think hopefully we may have paul on a podcast next week so that is definitely a topic we can bring up with him yeah we'll be sitting down with him uh chatting about the game balance where is he seeing it and maybe we'll be able to get a little bit of uh heat scale uh, information out of him because at the end of the day it's uh definitely a topic of interest um and uh it will determine some of the things uh, you know, as far as the the gameplay aspect, but I also think there's a few other topics going into where we're going to talk about quirks, clan quirks, stuff like that. I know that's a the big topic, phase three that Russ keeps talking about, and you guys are about to see phase two as well, which uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys are excited for and you're looking forward to because uh, some of them missed the bark on phase one. So phase two is gonna to yeah, it's gonna put smiles on a few people's faces, just a few. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, I just want to say uh, a big thank you to our community, our listeners, our live audience, all the questions, and our Twitch audience. Thank you guys for showing up. If you guys like this format, by the way, I think we might do this from here on out. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Just You're maybe. saying streaming while we record or whatever? Yeah. I, yeah, mean, yeah. I, think, I think they're enjoying I like it. We're getting more people, you know, you know. Yep. But uh, let's, let's book Darren about that. So, yeah. And, of course, mm. our amazing staff. 
uh, all of our streamers. Big shout out to all of our streamers. Uh, thank you again. You guys are awesome. And to our sponsors, for those that are sponsors on our NGNG forums, thank you so much for being a sponsor. And if you have no idea what being a sponsor is, head over to our forums, register, click the donate tab. When you donate, you automatically get uh, your, you can pick your own avatar, you get your own section, and it's basically a way for you to help support the, uh, you know, forums, TS3, stuff like that. So thank you so much. You guys are awesome. And uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you again to our live audience. You guys are great. We have uh, have a handful of people in here now. Next time, I'll let you guys know that we're going to be on Twitch ahead of time. It was sort of a last minute thing, and I think it was a good idea. So... And you don't really need to bug me because it was my idea. So done deal. I know. That's that's a first, well, no. <laughs> that's the weirdest thing. You would have been pitching a fit if I would have been like, all right, you need to be on webcam too. Then you'd be like, I don't want to be on well, webcam. I don't, I don't like putting clothes it. on. You know, I don't, I'd have to wear pants. You don't have yep. to wear pants. Look, I've told you that before. I have a under the desk webcam. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Cat, <laughs> cam. Up Cat cam. Yeah. Cat cam. That's all. I, oh, God. Why? Why? <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So, uh, anyways, I just want to say thank you again. Uh, guys, make sure to uh, head over to Tyler's uh, YouTube channel, but also uh, Twitch channel. He streams quite a bit. And uh, like I said, if you're new to the game and you want to learn a thing or two, watch Jaeger 12 play and Groups and Friends. And he also does the Meat Shield Mondays. Uh, when does that start, by the way? What time? Uh, Mondays, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. And uh, usually uh, we're hosting him or something on that but uh, anyways, yeah, guys, have a great uh, day. Thank you to our live audience. Thank you to you guys out there. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy Mechware podcast signing off for tonight. This is Phil. And this is Darren. This is Brandon, also known as Catrick Hill. And this is Tyler. Until next time, Mech Warriors. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube at No Guts, No Galaxy TV, on Twitch at NGNG TV, on Facebook at No Guts, No Galaxy Podcast, on Twitter at No Guts, No Galaxy, on iTunes at No Guts, No Galaxy, or via your favorite podcatcher with the RSS feed at feeds.feedburner.com forward slash NGNG. It'd be best if you avoid me, but I know you probably can't. You sense something is wrong with me, you can feel it on my skin, but there is more. Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Forever